0: everyone welcome to meet the masters only on wedding podcast network I'm your host Holly Ehrlich and you're in for a special treat today because we have a terrific guest on today's meet the masters she is the author of the simple stunning wedding book series a top wedding and party planner floral professional and entertaining expert She has designed more than 100 weddings to complement a wide variety of locations, budgets, and tastes. Our featured wedding master is Karen Busson. We met with Karen at her publicist's office in New York City, and we talked about unique ideas for wedding flowers and wedding showers. We had a great conversation. You're going to learn how Karen got started in the business and... This is one event planner, a party artist truly, that enjoys working with brides and grooms to ensure each event is one of a kind, like yours will be. Be sure to listen for your chance to how you can win Karen's simple, stunning wedding books. Now, let's go to the interview with Karen. Enjoy. Hi, Karen. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm really excited. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the uh, business of weddings?
1: Okay. Well, um, before the business of weddings, I was in the restaurant business here in New York City, and I worked in some wonderful places, big and small, fancy and not Not fancy, And um, I was actually the manager of a small Italian restaurant that was just opening, and we didn't have enough money to afford a florist to come and do the flower arrangements for the tables and for the bar and all of that. So I said, I had just become interested in flowers. I was not a green thumb by any stretch of the imagination, but I volunteered to go to the flower market, which was close by the restaurant, get the flowers every day, and arrange them if they would just pay for the flowers. And so the guy who owned the restaurant was like, sounds like a good deal to me. So um, I I, I educated myself by just getting up at the crack of dawn and going to the crazy, crazy wholesale flower market here in the middle of Manhattan. And um, basically, honestly, killing everything that I touched for about the first six months to a year and finally starting to get it. And when, you know, flowers are so wonderful, but they are a very complex topic. Um, And just, you know, it's like cooking, you know, there, you have to get to know your ingredients and how to care for and treat each flower, um, and give it the love that it needs so that it can bloom and be, you know, everything you want it to be. So finally I started to get it and people would notice the things that I was making. Cause I would always try to make something that was eye catching, you know, that was just a little different. I mean, I would put vegetables in the flower arrangements. I would put them in weird, you know, containers, wine bottles, whatever it might be. And just always trying to get attention with these things. And um, eventually a couple came to me. They were regular customers in the restaurant. And they were like, Karen, we've been together for years. We just got engaged. Will you help us with our wedding? And I was... So honored and excited. I was like, of course, of course. And then I thought, oh, no, what did I just get myself into? I have no idea how to do all the flowers for a wedding, you know, with bouquets and boutonnieres and and flowers for the ceremony and cocktail hour. And they were having kind of a complicated little wedding. It was just for 75 people here in the city, but it was a ceremony at their house on the terrace uh, outside and then moving to a different location to uh, to our restaurant, actually, for their wedding reception. So, you know, it was a real education, but that's that's how the the wedding career launched. I just loved it from day one. I love being involved in the process of helping someone plan and and design and make beautiful that, you know, special day.
0: And you've done, designed hundreds of weddings since, huh?
1: I certainly have. Well, every one of them, completely different and you know, for me, that's the joy of it is each one that comes is something that is so one of a kind to me. It's really all about the couple and helping them to create the mood that they want, um, the feeling that they want, and just have it be completely stress-free, you know?
0: Well, there's no question that every couple has its own unique personality. Absolutely. And once you acknowledge that, um, the sky's the limit. The possibilities, there are is no bound. Um, but you're also... A very, very um, talented author of some beautiful books, um, which I actually loved from cover to cover. Um, I give you five stars, rave reviews. Thank you. It is my distinct pleasure because the, they're not only beautiful, they are called Simple Stunning Wedding Flowers mm-hmm. and Simple Stunning Wedding Showers yes. and then Karen has some other books um, and we will have links to these books and I, I, I can't tell everybody before we even get into the topic today how everybody should own these books because <laughs> as much as we're going to talk about this the visuals, the photographs by you know, the unbelievable photographer right, William Gettys, Yes um, It's such incredible talent and just such beautiful books, but they're also such great resources and tools. Um, But more important, the best resource and tool is having you here live with us today because you, having worked with flowers... Um, because flower, I mean, we, it's a very important element, flowers and showers. We're talking about beautiful flowers, something that gives enjoyment and showers is parties. So it's all about having enjoyment um, in our lives. Yes. Right. And flowers, there's no question. I know I personally love flowers. What's not to love about flowers? Who doesn't love to receive flowers? (laughs) But, but we always, but we want, we need to know information because we can't just, you know, send our brides out there and say, yeah, you look at a lot of pretty pictures and, and, and it all comes together. Right.
1: And, right? It, and it's really a matter of sort of starting with the big picture of, you know, what kind of mood do you want to create? That's the first question that I always ask. And, um, you know, what is your own personal style? What are the things... Forget about flowers. Just in general, if you're looking through a design magazine or an interior magazine or, or a fashion magazine, what are the things that appeal to you? What kind of colors do you respond to? Where are you having the celebration uh, those two things to me are the most important factors when you start. So it's kind of like big picture and then getting more and more into the details. So when we first talk, we talk about color. We talk about the architecture of the space the, and the mood that we want to create. And then as we get um, deeper into the discussions, we start to find out who has a favorite flower. You know, how do we feel about fragrant flowers? I mean, there are a lot of things to talk about. You know, what what are we considering for a flower budget Um, for this wedding, what's the most important element, even with regard to the flowers? You know, is it the bouquets? Is it more the centerpieces for the table? Um, Where can we look at places where we could potentially uh, get the most impact? Um, You know, and I think that it's a daunting subject to people because, you know, you walk into a room, let's say it's a hotel ballroom or it's a big empty loft and you have to figure out where, what are you going to do to decorate the space? What do you need to do? What don't you need to do? So it's great to have some guidance. I well, think. and
0: so what are you saying? So start thinking about your wedding flowers. Define your flower style. That would be yes. that's key. Okay, explore totally. it. Look into yourself. Say what you love. Whether it be even something that was memorable that happens along the way with regard to a special flower. Whether it be a special color.
1: Yes. Right. And I mean, let's say you are just looking through design magazines. They don't necessarily have to be wedding magazines. I mean, if they are, that's great too, but you can just pull out things that give you a mood. If it's a very modern vibe that you like, if it's something that's more traditional or it's eclectic and it has a lot of texture, if you tend to like things that are more gardeny and loose. It's like you want to start to not only pull pictures out of magazines and just make yourself a little file, because even if you bring that file and it doesn't have a flower in it to a good floral designer, that person's going to be able to look at it and get get to know you a little bit about what you well, like. Well, I
0: think everybody, I mean, I think it's a perfect time to talk about it. I think everybody definitely has their favorite flowers. Oh, I, yes. I you know, so. no question. I mean, tell us what some of yours are.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, you know what's funny is um, I love, I literally love every flower out there. There's not a flower that I consider to be inferior to another flower, and it really depends on the season. So, you know, if it's springtime, I'm in love with all the fragrant, you know, bulbs, the hyacinths. I love... Um, I love lilac, I love uh, peonies, um, you know, ranunculus, all of those kind of flowers. And in general, I love fragrant flowers. So if if someone really forced me to say what my very favorite flower is, I would probably have to say gardenias, which are likely one of the most complex flowers and i'm not by any stretch recommending that people (laughs) fill their weddings with them because they're very expensive and they're extremely um fragile flowers but they happen to just smell dreamy and you can float one of them in a bowl in the middle of a room and it will just
0: perfume the whole place
1: so i if i had to say and i i happen to be partial to white flowers like in my home i just love white flowers you
0: know i think that's interesting too i I love um for any one of you out there that wants to know, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, I love, I've always loved daisies. I don't know why I've love loved daisies, daisies but I just think, and they are, they're sweet. Okay. There's yeah. nothing, they're sweet. But the things is when I was looking in your book, because um, I was thinking first of all the ones I love, and there is a part in your book and that's, I love that. I think just to have all the different flowers there, because you always think, you know, the name of a flower, but right. then you don't, or, you know you look at a flower. So you have the most beautiful photographs, actually, as a, as a testament to seeing what all these flowers are so and how you can maybe combine them. But there's like, I know, I've always loved dahlias, and I love sunflowers, and I love hydrangeas. And you had that all in that same category of feminine and festive yes. romantic. Yes. And I'm thinking, garden-esque was the title, right? right? And I'm thinking, oh, I love this. I love the seeds of the flowers I love. Interestingly enough, when I got married... A long time ago, <laughs> um, sixteen years next week, <laughs> I had a white wedding. Okay, and you just said you love white, I love and white. but that was part of the centerpiece decision, and we did. Yeah. And part of the, I think I had my, my mother was a big part of my wedding, but I had calla lilies. Okay, and I was talking about that. So it is you're talking about your bouquet and your centerpieces and your accents, but white color. We have to talk about color because color is such a common denominator. I think that's probably the number one thing that someone can define to say, this will be the element that's throughout.
1: Yes. But I do think that, um, you know, more recently it's not so much about just saying oh my wedding color is lilac or my wedding color is yellow um, it color stories at weddings with regard to the flowers and the tablecloths and the overall mood have become a little bit more um, more interesting so that um, that's a good thing for a lot of yeah exactly and for for a lot of my brides and grooms that I'm working with I will suggest that we create a color story that changes throughout the evening so let's say we start the ceremony out and it's very serene and it's white and it's very calm and maybe there are candles and it's very peaceful and, you know, it's, it's sort of honoring that moment. And then when the ceremony is over and it's time to have, you know, cocktails on the terrace or on the beach or whatever, spice it up a little bit. So maybe then we pull an accent color from somewhere in the architecture or from a detail in the dresses or whatever it may be um, so that it suddenly really feels festive and like a party. And then, you know, the point is to create a kind of a wow moment at every new, you know, transition to a new part of the evening. So that when you walk into a room, it's not just lilac all over again. Or, you know, it's, it's something that's deepened a little bit. But it's bit. something
0: that could be very simple. Yes. It doesn't have to be...
1: It doesn't have to be the rainbow colors. Like, it and, doesn't have
0: to hit you in the face. No.
1: And certainly, I mean, one of the things that I uh, really suggest is that you limit the number of colors that you're working with in any one space to three or fewer dominant colors. So you're going to get the most visual impact with your flowers if you stay, you know, with a red and an orange and a pink, and then don't go off into a million other directions so in that So that would room. be the
0: hot personality. Yeah, exactly. That's someone That's who's hot, spicy. the sexy, the, the spicy. Passionate,
1: exactly. Or okay. that you stay with a more neutral palette of, you know, the soft creams, greens, whites, and keep it kind of zen and, you know, a little, a little refined, a little reserved. Um, or you do the soft... Garden colors that are the soft pinks and the lovely, you know, viburnum greens and, um, and a soft purple, you know, so you, you can work on your color story and then deepen it a little. So then if you do an after party and you've chosen those pastel colors, let's say, you know, you're going to, now you're going to go to dancing, use a dark purple, use a, a hotter pink, you know, so that it's just, it's a continuation of the same feeling, but it's, it's, it's changing a, the mood up a little and bit. And telling a story. Yeah, and our eyes have become very sophisticated. Even, you know, on a daily basis, we are just bombarded with so many um, visuals, you know, magazines, TV, every computers. And so it's, it's interesting and fun for the eye to see something new from place to place. So let's talk
0: about a few of the latest centerpiece trends.
1: Okay. Um, well, one thing that I am noticing a lot is instead of creating just a, a single big you know, puffy centerpiece in the middle of, of a dining table, you know, for a reception, um, which is a beautiful thing, can be a beautiful thing. I think um, that's
0: what I must have had
1: which is 16 gorgeous. years and, ago, and right? And certainly in, in certain <laughs> situations, it's still extremely appropriate to do that. And there's nothing more luscious than a great big bouquet of, you know, gorgeous flowers. Um, But one thing we've been doing a lot of lately is creating what I call component centerpieces. So we may take a collection of smaller vases. Maybe they are slightly different heights, slightly different shapes. We might work with all the same materials in terms of glass or metal or terracotta. Or we might mix it up a little depending upon what we're doing. But we will put a smaller arrangement in each of those vessels and then gather it all together, nestle in some votive candles or pillar candles, and create something that is more like a a tablescape you know it's it's has a lot more texture um we even have uh, started varying the arrangements from table to table so maybe you know there are three versions of your your centerpieces so it's not just the same thing repeated 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 across the room but one is a little higher than another one has you know five vases one has three vases one is more candle oriented um so the idea of putting Components together and creating more of a collection. You can also use those smaller vases if you like as a guest favor. People can take them home because you know it's hard to take those great big flower arrangements home. Um, but a little posy that's you know collected together with another little posy and it becomes a very big beautiful arrangement and is easy to uh,
0: well, you actually transport. do cite that in your book um, with um, actually I loved the idea and I'm glad we're sharing it today from the escort cards oh yes talk about that
1: okay well that idea i mean obviously when people are coming in for a seated dinner if you are having a seated dinner for your wedding you need to give everyone a card um to tell them where to sit and so i came up with the idea of making individual little bud vases just you know one inch cylinders that are about six or seven inches tall and putting a single dahlia a beautiful flower doesn't have to be a dahlia it could be anything um But one flower in each vase, and then tying with a ribbon a simple, you know, uh, escort card with their name on it, and putting them in alphabetical order just as you would on a regular escort card table, lining them up. And then your guests come, they carry the bud vases to the table, and they put them in the center of the table in front of their place setting. Now you have a centerpiece on your table, and, you know, you have some candles there waiting for them, so it still looks appealing. You could have a blossom on each of their napkins, so it's very pretty when they arrive. And then at the end of the night, that's their Bud vase to take home. They take it back to their hotel. They take it back to their house. And they have a little memento. So now we're not even talking double duty. That's triple duty. That's escort cards, centerpiece, and guest favor. It doesn't get any better than that. It
0: spoke to me. And I think it just speaks <laughs> to everyone out there. And it looks beautiful. Well, thank you so it much. It looks so beautiful. And I think it's such a great idea. But also, I think that people today can be so um, inspired by the the number of containers, I mean, that's what's so incredible. I think that that's what's changed um, with flowers. Um, And we'll talk about even, I mean, it really connects when we talk later about showers. Mm -hmm. But again, the the containers are just so versatile and variety is so, like anything, anything goes.
1: And it's, I mean, the internet, I think, has just made things so much easier because if you have an idea that you want to use glass faces, you can Type in a Google search of glass vases, you know, square glass vases, and you will get an incredible number of resources. Uh, one of my favorite resources for vases is a place here in New York City that also has a lovely website. And um, What is it? It's called Jamali uh, Garden. And it's it's J-A-M-A-L-I-Garden dot com.
0: I, I will we will have a link okay. um, and on they, the website.
1: They have a, a beautiful website. You can order and they'll ship to you. Um, and they just always have the latest trends in colors and and they have votive candles and lots of other little decorative things. So I do recommend them.
0: Well, you definitely think outside of the vase. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm using your tag, okay? I yes. just, it was my favorite. Yes. It was one of my favorite quotes. So I made a point of, I had to say that somewhere in the flowers segment, well, you know because I think that And then there was a great quote in the book, too. Flowers are love's truest language. Yes. And you talked a little about even about the history of the bridal bouquet, which is another, we go from centerpieces, but let's be real, that bridal bouquet is important, Oh, my
1: goodness. The bridal bouquet is, is probably one of the most important things. And I always tell my brides that no matter what budget you're on, no matter where you're trying to save, no matter what you're trying to do, your bridal bouquet should be everything that you dream of. So, if you have a favorite flower, you should tell your florist, and you know you should you should really let yourself think beyond um, for that because I think it's just such a special. You know, you're going to have your portraits with it; it's going to be with you for the whole day. Um, you may want to think about having an additional toss bouquet if you want to toss a bouquet. Don't toss your real bouquet. Um, but that's and a special
0: thing to keep, also. Um, it, you know, it as, really a, as a you know keepsake, because you know, the pressing the flowers at least. or And there are probably even some companies today that probably preserve those bouquets. Oh,
1: yes, there are. Um, there are lots of resources for that. And I mean, you know, there are lots of things you can do. You can press it. You can preserve it. You can do a million things. Uh, but I think that um, it's really also about your bridal style. I mean, look at your dress. And if your dress is, has a lot going on, you may want to go more simple. If your dress is very romantic and has a lot of lace details, maybe something that has a little of that ruffly feeling as well. I look to old photographs of, um, you know, wedding photographs from the 30s and 40s and uh, the beautiful ribbons that cascade. And, and yet I also like a very simple bouquet of calla lilies um, or just one type of flower that's simply arranged. Yeah,
0: I like that too.
1: Yeah. And when it comes to the bridesmaids, um, we're finding now that the trend is more toward um, smaller bouquets. So whereas maybe 10 years ago, it was really about creating something that was really architectural and huge and puffy and fluffy. Now it's much more about a small posy that's very chic, um, you know, because the dresses for the bridesmaids are becoming much more interesting in terms of, you know, not all bridesmaids are even wearing bridesmaid dresses. Some of them are wearing couture or wearing, you know, just great cocktail dresses. Well, there
0: were a few things also important um, piece of information, again, in your book about, and and I know this about flowers, you know, to avoid dress stainers yes totally and you can have your flowers depollinate of course right yeah and any good florist I learned a lot is- from you Karen <laughs> I'm telling you that every bride should all, or anyone actually having any party this isn't just for brides I mean I know we're talking to brides but yeah. I think you're going to have many other parties yeah. once you get married yes right it's true so yeah. you know so that's important You know, because that's awful. Oh, my goodness. It's so important. And also
1: thinking about, you know, we were talking how I like fragrant flowers. But, um, you know, making sure your groom is not allergic to fragrant flowers or that um, making sure that if you're going to be outdoors and you have a gazebo that's covered in in lilac, that there aren't a swarm of bees nearby. Um, You're just sort of thinking about these things in advance is a really great idea. Not choosing if you're going to be outside in a really hot location not choosing super fragile flowers to work with uh, you don't need to be a flower expert you don't necessarily need to know all the names of the flowers um but but one thing you want to be able to communicate is your style so i always say try to write down some adjectives you know if you can get five or six words on paper that describe the way you want your flowers to feel so is it you know sleek and modern is it um you know, romantic and gardeny. Is it whimsical and unique? You know, is it um, cutting edge?
0: And, and you're going to be able to tell if that florist gets it.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, you will be able to tell. And I always suggest interviewing at least two or three professionals. Spend an hour with each one of them. They will give you their time, and you may get some ideas. You never know. Um, talk with them. Tell them what you're thinking, and then they should help to lead you. They should have pictures that you can look at, and you can say, "Oh, I, I really like this flower." Um, oh, I've never been a fan of this flower. Whatever it may be. Oh, that's my mother's favorite. Um, and so you can start to narrow it down. Then they're going to write you a proposal. Right. Well, I always say that wedding budgets are like gardens in the summertime. They can quickly, you know, dry up or get out of control. <laughs> I like that.
0: That's, that's so the truth.
1: You have to tend to them very, very closely. I, I don't think there's a bride, you know, uh, out there who would say that things didn't come in slightly over what she had expected. I mean, it's just... It's just the way it goes. But um, what you can do is you can start out with a budget in mind. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with telling someone what your budget is. A lot of times people call a florist and they say, oh, I don't, the, the florist will say, well, do you have a budget in mind for a florist? Well, I don't, I don't really have a budget in mind. What do you think it's going to cost? Well, the thing is any good florist can design for you know, maybe not any budget, but for a wide range of budgets. And for example, if a client comes to me and says, I have this amount to spend, it puts me in a good mind frame of saying, here are the things that I'm going to focus on. Um, and and here are the things that, you know what, let's eliminate for now. I mean, when, when we write our design proposals for our clients, we create um, a budget at the end of the proposal that lists every item line by line and I start out with my design priorities so the things that are absolutely most important I think for the look and feel that we're talking about whatever they may be for this particular client and then At the end of the budget, I put optional elements. These are things that I think are great ideas. I think they'd be wonderful. Maybe it's an extra arrangement at the beginning of the aisle. Maybe it's something for a fireplace. But it's not a make or break for the party. If you can't afford it, don't go into debt to pay for your wedding flowers, you know? So Um, when
0: should you splurge and when should you cut back?
1: Well, again, I think wedding bouquet. Bride's bouquet is a splurge, for sure. That should be whatever you dream it to be. Beyond that, I am a fan of under-decorating two areas with flowers, one of which is the ceremony and the other is the cocktail hour. Now, for the ceremony, for me, flowers should be more of an offering or a tribute to that moment. Um, I am not a big proponent of just loading the church or the field or whatever it is with just tons and tons and tons of flowers. Not only are you going to be there for a short time, I mean, it's a super important part of the celebration, but it's not about the flowers. But everybody
0: is carrying their flowers. You see, that's the other thing.
1: The ladies have their beautiful dresses on. Everyone is focused on the bride. You should certainly decorate the area where you will take your vows. If it's an altar, you know, type of an area, you might want to have... um, Something beautiful to adorn the altar, but you know you're thinking of it more as a tribute or an offering than an extravaganza of you know floral decor. That's just the way that and the I guys see it. are
0: wearing flowers too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, the grooms—they're
1: wearing flowers and other botanical elements. Little, you know, um, I mean there there are just wonderful textural elements like brunia or gorgeous um, small leaves. Um, you know, just. Elements that are of the botanical world but are not necessarily fluffy, you know, traditional roses or whatever. But yes, definitely. um, They are are encouraged to wear flowers. And you know, the groom's boutonniere should look as if it was plucked from the bride's bouquet. That's the tradition. I like that. I love tradition. So that, you know, if you're carrying a bouquet of roses, it would be nice for him to wear the same rose. And then... But that's a lovely
0: detail and an accent and something that just ties it all together. Yes. And that's what you want to think about. And it's not forced. It's just, it's more natural. Yes. And pleasing. And like you said, to the eye, the eyes become that much more sophisticated. Totally. So, and appreciated. Okay. So that's great. So you're saying, so less is more.
1: Less is more. And you know, I was talking about cocktail hour too. Cocktail hour lasts 45 minutes to a little over an hour. And it's typically, you know, in a place that is a transitional space, it's either outdoor on a terrace where you already have a gorgeous view, or it's in, you know, um, a a hotel small ballroom or whatever it may be, you don't need a lot. I would say, you know, if you're celebrating at night, put a votive candle on the tables, or put little flower arrangements on half the tables and candles on the other tables. It's a place where you can easily save... (laughs) You know, and you shouldn't
0: be talked into that. You see, exactly. that's the other thing. I really do think that there are a lot of people out there that are trying to talk you into that, yes. and that's things. But I must say, you said it um, earlier to me before we're on 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 the podcast. Is you talked about um, one of your favorite parts is when you're with your brides? Oh my! Goodness. When you know, Love with it. the tr- you know, the first time they're going to see the main room. Yes, and that's not some place to necessarily, you know, s- scrimp. I right. Mean, that that would be the place. You know, that's where you're that going to spend entrance, most of your that time. I mean,
1: typically, you're going to spend you know, three to four or five hours in that space, dancing, eating, celebrating, toasting. So that is definitely where you want your visual you know, punch to be, both with your, your colors that you choose and with your arrangements. And that's true.
0: You know something that I've always felt and I'm just curious your your professional opinion you know with reference to high and low centerpieces. Yes. I mean I think this is an important thing to consider is being able to see your guests. What do you think?
1: I happen to agree with you completely. Good. Um and and yet it's you know it's it really depends on what the priority is and what the location is because sometimes there's a location that calls for drama and you might want to do something with some beautiful branches. If you're going to do that, just consider using you know, a container that is um, obviously not going to tip over but is as narrow as it can possibly be. We like to use glass if we're going to do anything tall so that it's still, we can still see each other if we are looking around you know, uh, the, the base of it. But if I have my preference, all the flower arrangements are low. Because, I, I mean, hello, this is a chance for people to connect. Some of these people may not have seen each other for years. You know, it's not about the flower arrangements. And I mean, the worst thing, and it, I've seen it happen, is to have people at a wedding who move the flowers off the table so they can talk to each other. And that you don't want. So. That,
0: that would be awful. Do
1: you... So you what, I was going to say, I mean, you can always do some large, if you want some drama in your reception room, you can do two large pieces at the entryway. When people walk in, let them walk under it. Hang your escort cards from the branches of those giant pieces, you know, and let people cut them from ribbons and find their tables. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to have them blocking. You know, when your father is up there giving a toast, you want your aunt Betty to be able to see him. And
0: you have to be mindful of that.
1: You know, I, th- I think so.
0: What yeah. about making your own bouquet or centerpieces? Because we got a lot of do it yourself is out there, right? And what do, do you have think about to that? Say
1: When it comes to do's and don'ts, I just am a huge don't on that one. I really just do not see any reason, even if you're a florist, why you should be making your own bouquet. There are just so many factors to consider. I mean, if you're going to do it, if you're going to go out on a limb, I, I, really encourage you to try it at least once beforehand do it see what happens but why would you want to subject yourself to that I mean if I just you know it's so it's not a lot of money to spend on a bouquet I say cut out everybody else's bouquet if you need to spend the money to get your bouquet made by a professional it's going to be photographed you know that's what you're going to have to show your children 20 years from now um That's what you're going to carry down the aisle. You want it to last. You want to know that the flowers you've chosen work well together. There are so many little secrets about flowers, you know, that uh, different ways to take care of tulips than you would take care of roses, different ways to make sure that a lilac you know is in full bloom if you don't know these things i guarantee you're not going to learn them next week before your wedding you know so we'll
0: take it from a pro yeah no. well now flowers definitely tie into showers yes there's no question because we're talking about pre-wedding parties and we're getting we're getting it going we love them (laughs) and you know tell everyone a little bit about you know who hosts the showers who's invited to the showers and what happens at a shower
1: Well, you know, a wedding shower is one of those satellite celebrations that traditionally was for ladies. And um, it was hosted by a member of the wedding party... Or a friend uh, of the family, or or a relative, um, could be an aunt, could be you know a, a grandmother, could be a girlfriend from school, could be a co-worker, um, you know, at the office who wants to host you. And uh, the point of a shower is to shower the bride and or groom with gifts for their new home.
0: Is there a little history behind that?
1: Yeah, um, the story goes. I believe it was uh, a legend has it that a, a Dutch miller. Um, wanted to get his daughter wanted to be married to a guy who didn't have a lot and so the father was not having it for this particular wedding he wasn't going to support the wedding or give them what they needed so the villagers found out about this sad story and they decided to all get together and chip in and shower the couple with the things that they needed to start their new home and and I guess the happy ending is that, that dad finally got on board. They got married and lived happily ever after. So
0: <laughs> thanks for so sharing that. It's fun. It's fun to know things all start from um, somewhere.
1: Yes. And, um, and so now showers are not necessarily just for ladies. I would say the majority still are, you know, um, moms and sisters and bridesmaids, but, um, more and more we're seeing what they call Jack and Jill or co-ed showers where the guys get involved too. So, um, so who hosts it? We talked about that. Who's invited? It could be anyone. I mean, typically these are smaller events. Um, so you know, you're know, you typically talking about a more intimate group of people than you're going to invite to the rehearsal dinner. Or well, you to- want it to be
0: personal and meaningful. Yeah, so,
1: um, but it will depend from bride to bride how many people that could be. It could still be quite you know, a large party. Um, and you may have multiple showers because there may be someone at work, and it's a different group of friends, and they want to honor you, but they're not really... You know, necessarily even coming to the wedding, and so that's their way of of sharing you know that moment with you. Um, traditionally, members of the bride's family, like close members, sisters, moms, did not host the wedding shower because my
0: mother hosted mine.
1: Yeah, and I hosted my sister's, by the and way. And I'm going to tell you, in her home. Yeah, and I loved it. And so what I was, my point was that that tradition has really gone out the window, and there's absolutely no reason why. Anyone can't host a shower who wants to and has the means to do There
0: are no die-hard so. die rules. No die But does the bride rules. host her own? No. Okay.
1: Absolutely not. Not only that, but you know, <laughs> earlier we were talking about do's and don'ts um, for for the bride and and groom if if he's involved and the shower. And that is, you know, don't don't try to take over the celebration. If someone's throwing a shower for you, it's good not to issue too many demands. I mean, certainly if you're asked. Hey, what would be a great theme for your shower? What do you need for your home? Then you can certainly volunteer that information. Oh, it would be wonderful to have a shower for my bed and bath or for, you know, just for the house in general. Or my kid, I love to cook, so that would be great. Um, But, you know, you don't want to come out and say, and make sure you invite so and so and so and so and so and so. Not nice. You know, if you need to get that point across, you can get it across politely through word of mouth. Oh, you know, tell your sister. Oh, I would love this. I would love that. It would be so great if we could do this. But, you know, just keep it low key and more than anything, you know, express your gratitude for the the person or the people because you know when people are involved in your wedding whether they're your bridesmaids or family members I mean a lot goes into supporting you they spend a lot of time um certainly they're thrilled to do it but you know it's always nice to be appreciated my, I know when I threw my sister's shower she sent me a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a thank you note afterwards just saying that she had an incredible time and you know that meant a lot to me
0: appreciate. So, there's no question. Are there any other do's and don'ts you think that brides should know about?
1: Oh gosh. Well, there's there are a million of them. Um I think one of the most important do's is to really take the time to enjoy these smaller parties. Um because, you know, I think what happens is you get caught up in the stress of, you know, uh, making things happen, and, and you forget that these are the moments that you're sharing with your family and friends. So I think a big do is you, know, you get so keyed up and you're like, oh, I've got my engagement party this weekend. Oh, I have to have my wedding shower. You know, and, but I have to go to my dress fitting next week. It's like, take a moment. Sit. Breathe. Yeah, breathe. Oh, I've, I got another must do for you at the shower. You must open your gifts at the shower. You can't say, oh, let's not open these gifts. It's a so part, that's of, part, the part of the plan. It's a part of the plan. Refreshments are a must and opening your gifts in front of your guests uh, are a must. And even if you opened it, got up, hugged them, and thank them in person. You must write them a thank you note that acknowledges the specific gift that they gave you, and it can't be a pre-printed <laughs> thank you for the blank that you gave me. Um, and that's getting a little more into etiquette.
0: But, no, but um, that's okay because I think the art of saying please and thank you oh, are so something important. you learn when you first learn to speak. Yes. Okay, and this kind of thing—it's you know—I don't know why it gets lost and, over you know, time when it's just such an important token of gratitude. Yeah. I mean that goes a long way. And
1: I and I think it's worth pointing out that while I mean technology such as, you know, how we are doing this today is phenomenal, but you should not email your thanks. You know, you can email somebody thanks for taking you out to I lunch. totally agree with you. You can email somebody thanks for doing you a favor, but when it comes to something as important as your wedding shower or giving you a gift, you need to get yourself some cute little note cards and, you know, they're easy to find. If you want to order some inexpensive ones, go to fouryearparty.com and Order them, um, or you can, you know, order them with your wedding invitations. A lot of times, if you add that on, you know, you can get them at a the. The art of
0: correspondence is very important. It's so
1: important, and it's so nice to write someone a note. And how often do we even get a handwritten note in the mail? That person is going to feel very. Actually, I
0: just heard a story about that. You know, now that everybody has less mail, you yeah. know, you used to be bombarded with so much mail. Yes. Now you have less mail. That'll actually, it'll, it'll. You know talk to you you know you'll actually see it and open it and get excited and it's not a bill
1: (laughs) exactly if I ever get an envelope with a handwritten address on it I get so excited because it's just to take the time, special. and people
0: yeah. are so crazy. But there's no excuse for but it. There you is- have
1: to do it, and even if you haven't done it a month later, you still have to do it. There is no cutoff point when you say to yourself, "Ah, oh, I didn't do it. I hate myself, but I didn't do it." You got to do it.
0: <laughs> okay, so everybody knows they have to write a thank you. Yeah, and but- the
1: other there's one other don't that I would say about showers, which is you really shouldn't invite people to the shower who you're not planning on inviting to the wedding. Now, that's not hard and fast, but you should use it as a general guideline. There may be an exception there, um, but you should try not to.
0: I think people, it's the same with Save the Dates.
1: Yes. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. You cannot I, save anyone, send anyone to save the date without, n- without inviting them, them to the wedding. List. That would be very bad form.
0: Very bad, but yes. I've heard about it, and if it's absolutely you, so unsettling. If
1: you think you are going to have, um, you know, a, a, like you're not there's someone who you're not sure, or let's say there's a whole group of people, second, third, cousins, whatever, that you're not sure if you're going to invite yet, just don't send them to save the date. Then you can decide as the wedding gets closer, you know, you're know, you not going to send out your invitations until eight weeks before the wedding. You can decide then, but don't set them up thinking that they're going to come and then not invite them. That would be a real breach of etiquette.
0: Now, but let's talk about the fun thing because yes. showers are fun, of food and cocktails yes. and games and activities. Love and it. this book, Simple, Stunning, Wedding Showers, it has it all. And I have to tell you, my favorite part with all these themes, yes. because they were so much fun, mm-hmm. is that... These themes are not just, you know, only for bridal showers. Yes, most of the themes are all related to getting married and setting up your home and or things for your, your, you know, any time of day that you're going to be with your new spouse. Right. But there are so many great ideas and great food ideas and recipes in the book and such great signature cocktails that you can, all of these things, you can mix and match all of these things. I mean, I want to have every, I think you listed 20 themes in the book. I think I want to now start having parties just to do all of these parties. (laughs) I don't care about the gifts though. Actually, so even though a shower includes gifts, yes, I don't care about that. <laughs> You'll just have the party. For that. I just want the party. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Well, you know, when I was thinking about this book, I wanted it, the person who, it, you know, will really use this book is the person who's giving the shower. And so I wanted it to be a book that you could use for showers, but it would also inspire you to have other parties. And so we do have 20 shower themes that sort of revolve around what type of bride or couple you're honoring. So there's the- Tell pam- us about a few. There's the Pampered Princess. You know, there is um, the Bohemian Bride who might be a little more artsy. There's a travel-oriented shower, so instead of giving people just, you know, necessarily gifts, you can give them gift certificates to go do things. You can give them, you can build a little travel fund for them. You can give them luggage. You can give them everything that they need to jet set. There's off. a great
0: wine again exactly. for the co-ed because you got to keep in mind for some of these co-ed ones, there was a great wine tasting
1: party. Right. If you party. if you have a couple who are really into wine or really gourmet cooks, you can do a kitchen-oriented shower and serve, you know, gourmet cheeses and wines and to help them stock their kitchen you can do a shower that is all about um, experiences. So, you know, nowadays you can get people gift certificates for things like massages or tickets to shows or, you know. um, Treats. Exactly. Just, you know, because not everyone needs stuff. And sometimes, you know, people are getting married a little older. They already have the things that they need for their house. So you can think creatively about the people that you're honoring and what you think. You know, you could stock their entertainment center. We have a That's Entertainment Shower in the book, which is, you know, getting you all the little gizmos and gadgets, DVDs, you know, remote controls, software, all that kind of stuff. So, that, girls you gone
0: know. wired, ladies. Exactly. I mean, let's get te- we're tech savvy. That's exactly. what we are here. But I'll tell you something. I love Joy's. I mean, I was thinking of you through and through. The workshop shower was you because yes. that was like with your flower acumen. I was like, this is well, too much fun, and it's 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 interactive.
1: Yes, and I mean, we um, we have had fun doing that shower at actual showers, and it's really great. Any kind of workshop is wonderful, because when you bring people together and they're learning how to do something, it's very interactive, so even people who don't know each other get a chance. In this particular case, you would um, hire someone, uh, or if you know someone who's a flower expert or a gardening expert, you have them come, and you have everyone gather, you do some refreshments, and then in this case, we had everyone sit at a big table, and we just brought in all these flowers, and we spent a little bit of time telling people how to take care of sort of the major flower groups, so little tips for keeping tulips alive, or how to clean a rose, whatever it may be. And then we had all these empty glass vases on the table, and each uh, each person's job was just to take one type of flower and put it into their vase and make an arrangement. And in the end we just gathered all of those arrangements together in the center of the table and that became our table centerpiece for the luncheon and then we all went and had um you know hors d'oeuvres and cocktails came back sat down to our beautiful table with our flowers and everyone got a little tip sheet you know reminding them of the points that they learned i think there was a little clippers or something that they were given as well and then everyone took their flower arrangement home so you know you're learning something you're having fun but you could apply that workshop theme to anything if you like to ballroom dance have someone come over and give you some dance lessons so everyone can dance at the wedding. You know, if you, um, if you want to learn how to decorate cupcakes or cakes, call a local bakery or call a cooking school and get someone who's an assistant.
0: Oh, God. The chocolate I- theme was unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. That is like... Oh, my God. And you know what I also love is all of your, um, the presentation of the foods. So, like, you give some great recipe ideas yeah. and great ideas, things, what you should buy right. to make it look good. And, you know, you didn't have to spend a lot. To make your party pop.
1: Yes, and I mean for me I think part of what is daunting you know, when we think about having a party of any kind, especially a wedding shower, it's really important is you think, Oh my goodness, I have to do everything myself or I have to hire a super expensive caterer. I think there's a lot you can do in between where you pick a few things that you're good at. If you like to bake bake a great cake or a pie, um, but then order in some wonderful, you know, hors d'oeuvres from your favorite restaurant. If the bride loves Asian food, you can do dumplings and sushi and and curries and, you know, just order them in. And it's how you present them and put them together. We have a picture in the book of um, a sweets buffet that we made for our white shower. And I say in the book, you know, we bought every single one of these things At a grocery store, we tested them to make sure that we thought they tasted good and that they were, you know, high quality ingredients. But we just arranged them on beautiful silver trays and platters and boom. I mean, we had instant party, not a lot of money at all. I mean, a regular grocery store, you know, and and a great a great. Party setup. So I just
0: want you to tell everybody a little bit about the games and activities because that's okay. the other uh, that's like the that rounds out the whole party. Oh yes, and um and and one of my favorites I think was pin the tail on the not the pin pin the boutonniere on the yes, groom
1: exactly. So and that's a play, co-ed
0: was that a co-ed or would that be a girls only? Oh, that's girls only. I that think. was a girls I think only. That's, I
1: think yeah, I think pinning anything on a picture of a guy <laughs> is probably girls only. Okay, um, I think you're right. Yeah, if I had to guess, but um but yes, it's uh, so it's basically like pin the tail on the donkey but you blindfold each you know person who's at the shower and you give everyone a turn at it's holding on right, to a whole big poster a little, right like make a exactly. big poster
0: of your guy like on on a celebrity hunk body exactly
1: or with it or with a tuxedo on or whatever it may be and so yes and then you have your goal is to pin the boutonniere on the left on the, lapel, um, which is tell where them it would girls. be. Exactly. And whoever gets closest wins a prize. And, and that's um, fun, too, having some little prizes. And again, oh yes. it's just little token little gifts. Things could be but things anything. Fine. Soaps, tea, you know, stationery. I mean, it could be literally anything. And, um, and so, well, one of my favorites is actually Bridal Bingo, which um, is, is wonderful because I know I said five minutes ago that it's very important to open your gifts at the shower. And it is. But if you have a lot of people at your shower and you have a lot of gifts... You're opening gifts for quite a time. And so... so you bridal, involve
0: your people. Involve yeah, your and, guests.
1: And so bridal bingo is great because as you're playing, you know, as you're opening your gifts, they're playing this game. So when you open up a set of towels, you know, each person has a bingo card and it says things on it like towels. Or kitchenware, it's great.
0: or a cookbook. That is or, so great. You know what? Because we've done that. We've like when we're in the car, like yeah. there's a car bingo. You know, if you see yes. a, if you see a certain license plate, or if you see off. a certain, right. if you see a cow on the side of the road. So it gets next everybody involved. Thing,
1: right. And next thing you know, someone's shouting out bridal bingo and winning a prize, and it just makes it all because everyone's really focused on what you're opening. Yeah, to no one really
0: cares? They, you know, they want you open, but they yeah. really care about their bingo exactly. board because they want to win.
1: But it keeps it moving,
0: you know, and I think that's the key. And then the other great one that I love, which was there were a lot of these like asking, um, doing trivia. Yes, I think
1: that's always great because, you know, um, you, you just want to prepare in advance a little bit, find out which, whatever your trivia game is going to be. The goal is to reveal interesting, fun things about the couple. So you could do a quiz, um, you know, fi- talk to the groom before the shower, find out some things about him and then ask the bride and put her on the spot or ask everyone else in the yeah, room. Your own to own write game it down. show. Exactly. It's like, you know,
0: he says, she says yes. it could be a lot of fun. And it's
1: so fun. And, um, of course, you know, there's a classic, game of uh someone who is recording what you say when you open up each gift so if you say wow or oh or it's so big or whatever and then of course that's what's supposed to be what you say on your wedding night <laughs> you know they read it back at the end of opening up all I the i think gifts.
0: that's so great um, does anyone do you know what i did in my bridal shower and i don't have this much anymore because I really look ridiculous. Okay. I have a photograph of me, Uh-oh. of the hat, oh, with of the, all the wrapping paper yes. and the ribbons. Well,
1: they do the hat, or what I see more these days is taking them and making a bouquet out of them.
0: That sounds a lot prettier. Yeah, so you Because can... I actually put this lovely hat on at the yes. end and took a picture and looked like a fool, but it was, fine. Nice. Yes. I mean, it was no, fun. I no, it was
1: fun. Well, what I have seen is, um, you know, you take like a paper plate or something that's a base and you punch a hole in it and then you um, kind of thread the ribbons through or you can staple gun. the.
0: You know what? On. I think they did it the same way. It's just, that I guess they made me put it yeah, on my head.
1: But but <laughs> what I see is that at the end, um, for the rehearsal, at the actual rehearsal before the wedding, the bride carries that bouquet down the What aisle. a great Isn't idea. Isn't that fun? Yeah, and so it's, then that's, you know, it's a sort of a memento and you can keep it and it's very, very sweet.
0: Well, um, Karen, I have to tell you, we talked about simple stunning wedding flowers and simple stunning wedding showers. We have another book about etiquette that I'm not going to tell anyone, but I'm going to be inviting you back to talk about something that was in that book. Um, (laughs) And then there's another book that's going to be coming up. Do you want to tell anyone about it?
1: Sure. Um, That's coming out next year in 2009. And that is going to be um, Simple Stunning Parties at Home. So it's going to be 14 parties that you can do at your house, all sort of different culinary viewpoints and themes and easy ways to um, make home entertaining more fun. And so you can do it more often because that's the whole point for me is why are we not having people over more often and having more fun? Well,
0: we're going to have links to your books. We're going to have links to your website, karenbustin.com. We're going to have links to any of the sites that you talked about today on weddingpodcastnetwork.com in our extensive show notes because we want everybody who's listening to have instant access to to great resources um because the internet has become incredibly powerful and we want people to be armed with the absolute best information and you know what today we had the best information (laughs) from you so thank you so much thank you this is great
1: i really enjoyed it
0: thank you again karen that was such a great show i enjoyed speaking with you so much i am thrilled to be able to feature wedding masters and guests like karen because she really makes a difference when planning a wedding. I know she inspired me, and I certainly hope she inspired you. Karen was really nice enough to give us a few copies of her Simple Stunning Wedding Book series, which is, contains five books in this series. So we have three sets of those books, and you can have a chance to win one of those sets of books. If you send us an email, all you have to do is send it to feedback at the WPN.com and in the subject line put Karen's book. So that's how you can win. We're going to draw at random and maybe your name will be chosen. And we wish you a lot of luck because these books are beautiful. The photography is beautiful, the ideas. Actually, something I really must point out that in the back of the Simple Stunning Wedding Showers book are fabulous recipes and festive drinks that could be for any party or entertaining that you would be doing. So I I, I urge you to check out these books and all the beautiful flowers in the Simple Stunning Wedding Showers book. Just beautiful, beautiful series of books from a true expert. If any of you out there know a wedding master that should be on our show, please email us. If you're a blogger, And you want information on how to syndicate our content to be on your blog, let us know. We welcome your comments, your suggestions, your questions. Please don't hesitate to email us at feedback at the WPN.com. That's feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K at T-H-E-W-P-N.com. Or you can always call us on our listener hotline. We'd love to hear from you, 800-882-1259. We invite you to check out WeddingPodcastNetwork.com regularly. Check out the show notes, the links to all of our guests' websites and any of the other resources that we shared with you. We would like you to check out our Marketplace page for phenomenal resources when you're planning your wedding. Definitely some unique ideas, something to think about. I'm Holly Ehrlich, your show host. It has been a treat to be with you today on our Meet the Masters only on Wedding Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.